the blocks. Wilson in the corner for three. He hit it. Jalen Wilson for three on a beautiful feed by David McCormick. Jalen gives it to Mo. Mo baseline drive. Hits Goldwire deep. Lamp good. We're tied. 35 seconds. Abaji dribbling out front. Trap comes. Abaji left side. Leans in. Kicks to Brown. He'll try a three. He got it. He got it. Christian Brown from downtown. And KU goes up three with a seconds to play. Get it into Groves. Back to Harkless. Four seconds. A 75-footer on the way. No good. No good. And Kansas will win it. 67 to 64. You can rock. Chalk it up. Thriller goes to Kansas last night at the LNC. We'll hear from Porter Moser again later this hour. Right now, though, joined by a special guest. You folks know that Norman Regional, one of our great sponsors. And we are joined now by Dr. Hinojosa, good morning, doctor. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Did I pronounce your last name correctly, correctly, doctor? Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was great. Hinojosa, very good. Um, well, I would love to learn more about what you do with robotics surgery today, and, and the people out there as well would love to learn more. But first, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I'm a, a general surgeon here in uh, Norman Regional. I just joined the group in June of uh, last year. I spent 13 years on active duty in the Air Force, the last eight of which I was stationed here at Tinker Air Force Base. Um, so I, you know, I finished my Air Force commitment. I uh, I got out. My wife is an OBGYN here in the community, um, and we kind of decided to make Norman home here. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do general surgery here, um, which basically entails mostly um, hernia surgery, gallbladder surgery. I do a lot of uh, um, reflux surgery, um, basically anything has to do with the belly, sometimes um, some skin stuff, small lumps and bumps. Um, but, yeah, that's what I do here at Norman. Well, welcome to you and your wife uh, to the community. Thanks. Uh, it's great to have you. Why did you uh, choose... To become a surgeon, what was the impetus for that back in the day? You know, I, when I was young, I spent a lot of time in the ER, I think, uh, just due to sports injuries. And when I went to medical school, I, that's what I thought I wanted to be. I really hadn't been exposed to surgery until really my third year of medical school when I did my actually my OBGYN rotation. Um, and, you know, I've always enjoyed 
building things and using my hands. Um, and surgery is, is really that with medicine. Um, you know, it's really kind of helping people get better or recover from things or, you know, um, diseases, um, using my hands. And so I really enjoyed that. And that's kind of what I pursued from there on out. Um, and it's, it's been a really fulfilling and rewarding career that I, I really enjoy. All right, let's talk about your specialty here, robotic surgery. What is robotic surgery? What are the benefits of robotic surgery? Sure, yeah. So robotic surgery is uh, kind of an advanced form of minimally invasive surgery or laparoscopy, which is making small incisions um, to, to perform an operation. So with laparoscopy, um, which was a, a huge advancement over open surgery, we, we used to make large incisions to be able to get our hands inside of a patient to be able to perform an operation. Um, laparoscopy was a big advancement in that we made small incisions, we put a camera inside um, and used surgical instruments to perform the operation. And in essence, robotic surgery is just kind of that, that next step, that next advancement. Um, with robotic surgery, you know, as a surgeon, we sit at a computer control or a console in the operating room next to the operating table and we control um, a robot that actually assists in the surgery that we're doing. So there's usually either three or four arms, um, one of which holds the camera that we're using to be able to see and do the operation, and the other arms hold instruments to allow us to perform that, that surgery. So for as far as benefits go for the patient, um, the, the biggest thing is it is a minimally invasive surgery. We're making much smaller incisions to perform the same sort of operations that used to be done open. So what does that mean for the patient? Um, that means less pain, a faster recovery, less time in the hospital, less chance of infection, um, a smaller chance of bleeding. Um, the biggest advantage, though, with the robot um, over laparoscopy is the, the dexterity of the surgical instruments that we're using now. Um, with laparoscopy, they used to call it straight stick surgery. So the instruments, you know, were just one long instrument. They didn't really flex or do anything. Mm -hmm. um, the robotic instruments are, are flexible inside the body. So it overcomes the biggest limitation that we had with laparoscopy in that um, the instruments didn't move much. Um, the human hand can only rotate so far and robotic instruments can rotate 360 degrees on top of the fact that they can, they can bend. Um, so in essence, it, it puts our wrist um, back inside of the patient and allows that, that motion that our wrist has um, through those same small incisions. So we're able to perform those surgeries that really could only be done open now through small incisions through this minimally invasive approach, which again, you know, it brings back all those benefits to the patients that less pain, less time in the hospital, faster recovery. Um, Fascinating. Fascinating. What, what different kinds of surgeries do you perform that way, robotically? Yeah, so, me, so the robot, um, the fourth generation of the, the robot, the XI, is, uh, can be used for a vast number of surgeries. A lot of different specialties from general surgery, urology, um, the gynecologists use it, the thoracic surgeons can use it. But me personally, um, I, I like to focus on hernias. Um, whether that be an inguinal hernia, such as in the groin, or a belly button hernia. Um, I also use it for hiatal hernias, which is, uh, causes a lot of uh, reflux in patients. I use it for anti-reflux surgery. Um, I, I try to use it for as much as I can, knowing the benefits of the robot. I can take out gallbladders with it. 
Um, it can it can be used for a lot of things, um, but those those seem to be really my areas of focus. Do you ever do lobotomies with it? <laughs> no, that is definitely. Not I got my, my, my I think my co-host might be. <laughs> I knew that was going to be a good shot candidate. At me. <laughs> Sounds awful. like maybe a minimally invasive lobotomy would be right right exactly what the doctor ordered here. No, I, I you're might telling be able me no. To find you a guy that could do that. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, well, TJ, there might be good news there for you. There may be hope after for me all. after all, yeah. There might be hope for you. <laughs> Dr. Hinojosa from Norman Regional. Uh, where'd you go to school, by the way? You said you got sports in your background. What does that all entail? Well, I, I played soccer usually growing up. Um, so broke quite a few bones doing that, unfortunately. Yep. Um, yep. I grew up in West Texas out in San Angelo. Uh, mm-hmm. Went to medical school in Fort Worth and then did my residency for five years in Dayton, Ohio, before coming down here to to yeah. Norman. Um, so my wife and I are Very both cool. originally from Texas. She grew up in Waco. She went to Texas A&M. Um, and then we met in med school, and it's, it's kind of been we've got three kids here. They're all in Norman Public School Districts. And um, Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's home. Well, now. I'm glad things are going well for you and your family. And, uh, again, we welcome you to the Norman community. And thank you for the – Fascinating information today on robotic surgery. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, there you go. Dr. Hinojosa from Norman Regional. TJ, how about that? You ever had a, ro- a, a robot do surgery on you? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my esophagus stretched, so I think they use some type of it. I don't think that was a robot. You know really, what the biggest so. problem would be there? I didn't want to. I didn't want to be silly and uh, and waste Dr. Hinojosa's time. As you could tell, TJ, I only wanted to ask serious straightforward, yes. hard-hitting, serious questions. But you know when you are uh, trying to get on a website and ask you if you're a robot and you got to click, like, <laughs> how many bicycles right. do you see Is here? That, uh, what, uh, pick, click the picture of the cat, yes. How did they get past that? That's what I want to know. How does the robot get past that? To be able to do this, uh, you know, hernia surgery on here or whatever. That's a good. That's a good question. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's see if you can get Doctor Hinojosa back. Yeah, I'm going to call him back. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, what's going on with Caleb Williams? There's got to be a fight between schools with money, and this is all it's coming down to. It has nothing to do with development. Who's going to prepare him the best? This is straight cash. And something's got to be holding it up. Either either the cash is at one particular school and they can't get the deal or the verbiage right in the contract. I don't know if that's what's going on. Or someone else came in quickly. (laughs) It sounds silly. This is where we're at. The verbiage right in the contract. Yes. For his oh money. My gosh. Uh, or Georgia or Wisconsin or someone came running in and said, Hey, we've got a pickle company that are willing to pay you twelve million. The word is it's a five million dollar deal with whoever he's trying to work it out with. No chance. No chance it's five million? No. Who's giving five million for a quarterback in college? People tell me things. I'm hearing five million. What do you want me to say? I'm sure you're hearing five million. I'm telling you, nobody's Paying five million to have a college quarterback that could get benched midseason or get hurt or whatever. 
be their fake advertiser. Well, I was just going to take a $5 million loss on this. No big deal. It's just $5 million. <laughs> Look, there are people right now developing fake companies to give these kids money. You think yeah. someone out there with a legitimate business wouldn't offer $5 million to a quarterback that could potentially win the Heisman? Uh, not if they're into like making money. I'm not money, saying no. I disagree with what you're saying. I'm saying people are stupid and are willing yeah, to pay true. a lot of that's money for stupid things. That's a good point you make. People so. are stupid. Well, with every day that passes, it becomes curiouser and curiouser, <laughs> right? Just got a text. I said if Parker Thune had $5 million, he would give it to Caleb. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> without a doubt, that's true. Are we making contingency plans at the ref for a new co-host for Steely? Bereavement. <laughs> he has to leave for morning period. <laughs> no, I just I think that probably Parker will be Caleb's. What's the guy that follows LeBron around everywhere? Oh yeah. Um, oh, Windhor- Windhorst. Uh, isn't yeah, that, Brian yeah, Windhorst. Brian Windhorst. Yeah. I think Parker will be the Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst. Of uh, of Caleb Williams and will be. Taking I had to visualize Carrie Murdoch soon. to get Brian Windhorst's name. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Jake Trotter to uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we just need a backup plan in case we lose Parker here. Well, if we lose Parker to Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams goes with Lincoln Riley, we may lose Steely too because I don't know if he can survive that. He's just getting over the Lincoln Riley situation. Or mule Liar. Shoe. Sorry, Mule Shoe. I caught a piece of the show yesterday. He is not, <laughs> not over, over the it. Lincoln Riley situation. No. <laughs> Steely is still very much not <laughs> we, over. We may it. lose that whole 12 to noon <laughs> time period if that happens. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we still don't have any word on Jackson Dart. Yeah, what's the hold up with that? That's, that's the question. Could those two be arguing over which destination it is, Ole Miss or Oklahoma? Dart and Trigg? Yeah, because it sounds like they're holding hands to wherever they go. What if one's going one direction, one's going the other, and they're trying to talk? Maybe they're waiting on the Caleb. One. They're doing the Spider-Man point and go in circles thing where they're all like waiting on each other to see well, who Someone asked that off the first. air this morning, like, hey, this is Caleb's coming back. That's the hold up with Dart, right? And I'm like. He's not coming back, so that can't be the holdup. How do you know he's not coming back? Uh, people tell me things, all right? They told me. <laughs> he's not welcome at OU anymore. They told him, hit the road, Jack. Yeah. Huh. I thought he was having a meeting yesterday with Venables. Didn't somebody say that? No, that's supposed to be today. Wednesday, he's got well, a meeting today. with Brent Venables. Drake asked me in a curious question last night. He said, uh, not the international uh, superstar musician, TJ, the producer and engineer, Drake. He said, what if Caleb Williams is here tonight, the Kansas game, and they show him on the big screen, what would be the crowd reaction? <laughs> and I thought, that's a great question. Shock and gasp. <gasps> what? Would they Would they boo? Would they cheer? What, 
What would the crowd reaction be if Caleb Williams was in the LNC? It would be an instant. All these people have been angry or hurt or upset. It would be an instant flip to he loves us. He's staying. Let's all celebrate and dance. Uh, the crowd would have gone nuts. If he was wearing an OU shirt. Yes. Or... Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's no way he's at that game last night. You're saying they would have cheered back. Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah, it would have been an there. instant flip had they shown him and he was in the student section wearing an OU shirt. Absolutely. Wow. And we would have had to get medical attention for Parker Thune quickly because he would have passed out. <laughs> he would have gotten the vapors, you know, on the sidelines there. <laughs> uh, all right, we need a break. 405-329-9000. Uh, if you want to call in quickly, we can probably take a call next segment. You could text the show, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle exit 108. R.K. Blatt brings you this hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Been in business since 1952. Leading provider of office technology solutions to small and medium-sized businesses right here in Oklahoma and Kansas, including copiers, fax machines, printers, scanners, document management, network solutions, and so much more. RKBlatt.com, 405-943-9800. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's see, we are way behind. Um, That's on you. No, that was your fault. If Caleb was at the game last night, it's a done deal. He's going to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dart is probably keeping USC open in case CW decides to go somewhere other than USC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, I'm not buying that. Parker Thune said yesterday he's leaning Caleb Williams UCLA. Right. Um, I'm available to take over the 12 to 3 show. I would need to work on my impressions. Maybe a character called uh, Brown's brother. That's the Braun. Uh, you can sleep on it, TJ. He would also like everyone to know this uh, texter's last name is Braun, uh, pronounced Braun, and it makes him mad, and he hates the Kansas basketball player the way he pronounces it Brown. So <laughs> There's got to be a story there somewhere in the lineage of Christian Brown. As to why they go with that pronunciation. Uh, UConn Bob has a prediction about Mr. NIL. His name will ever be forever be erased from my vocabulary. He will sign the biggest diva in all of football. The one person that can get him money and fast track him to the pros with little pushback. Deion Sanders and Jackson State. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a story? But it, uh, isn't Deion's son the quarterback there? Yes. And he's already got a nice NIL deal from Barstool. So, I don't know about that. Uh, that $5 million is a write-off. Okay. And this person would like to know how many people started Googling Willie Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this texter is asking about mixed berry. I missed, I was answering for the phone for the doctor. You asked me yeah. something about berries or something, but I had no idea what Sean, Sean said. Sean said, does anybody really use the mixed berry jelly? 
at a breakfast diner. You either get strawberry or grape. Nobody in their right mind uses the mixed berry. And I said, that's true. I don't think in my life I've ever gone for the mixed berry. I always go strawberry first. If there's no strawberry, I'll take the grape. Let me tell you something very strange about me. Here we go. (laughs) So at home, I'll have biscuits and gravy or biscuits and jelly. Uh-huh. But when I'm at a restaurant, if I have toast or biscuits, I never put jelly on uh, anything that I have at a restaurant. I've never opened one of those packets and used them. Why? I don't know. I mean, I know it's just jelly, just but I just butter? go straight you toast. You butter your bread? If it's on there already, if not, no. Just straight toast. You, you eat straight dry toast? Yeah, I'll usually like swirl it around in like the uh, eggs or something but yes mm-hmm. but at home yeah i'll eat jelly but we don't have like a mixed jelly like that so i i don't ever no i'm a peach interesting guy. yeah oh that's right i forgot you're a peach, <laughs> peach <guy>. man <laughs> every once in a while you'll find a diner with peach jelly not not often though never not not very often that is peculiar i would say about you but i'm not going to make fun of it uh, this is the exact scenario. What with, a man does with his own toast is his it's business. It's my jelly and my toast. Uh, the, this is the exact scenario the Williams family wanted. School's competing for him to pe- uh, play for them. It's a co- uh, complete joke. Good riddance. Well, okay. if this upsets you, like you better get used to it. Like Every kid that's being recruited right now, is playing schools against one another, is looking into NIL deals, is wanting the attention from the top programs and coaches fighting over them. And that's nothing new, but now you just add the element of now they can say legally, they were saying it before, but now legally they can say, what do you have in uh, forms of NIL for me? What companies do you uh, are you associated with? Who can I talk to? Who can my people talk to? That's just a part of the conversation now. I mean, it always was kind of, but that conversation may you're have came with a McDonald's the texture, bag. Get over it, mister. That's what you're telling the texture. I'm saying that's a conversation even quarterbacks coming to Oklahoma will have going forward. Yes. I've received a text. Okay. Uh, from Ted Lehman calling you a psycho for... <laughs> What for your toast stance? It's not a stance. I just I just eat the toast. I mean, it's not. I like don't have anything against the jelly at the table. Maybe it's just laziness. I just don't want to open the jelly and spread it onto the toast. I just eat the toast. Do you have runny eggs? Are you an over easy guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, usually over easy. Okay, so, so you, maybe yeah, you so get a little I, egg moisture little, yes. on your toast Yeah, there? that's that's what I do, yes. Well, well that's at least something. <laughs> but, again, Teddy Lehman look, calling you look, psychotic. Look, Teddy Lehman calling me psycho. There's a lot of directions I could go with Teddy Lehman and uh, have a competition there. I so. love stoking the rivalry between the two of you. <laughs> Moron. Hey Teddy, listen, don't pick on TJ because he uh, is. Hey, just, you know, he's. I do he's need some rugged. advice, uh, Teddy. If there's anyone that can uh, talk to me about concussions, <laughs> it's you and brain trauma. So uh, my please. man fell Let's out of a, a chair <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> Teddy. He's got a concussion, a swollen ankle, and neck pain. Jeez. 
All right, quickly, what else you got? We got time for a couple more here. Parker said Caleb was going uh, was more likely going to visit Wisconsin and Georgia this week before making a decision. Yeah, he kind of uh, mentioned that when you had him on yesterday. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. That it's it's a, a conversation over money at this point right now. Maybe. There's no maybe about it. Quit saying maybe. Uh, I'll leave you with this one. Uh, TJ needs that Apple Watch so it'll dial 911 when he hits the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen that commercial? Yes, like... uh, Oh, that's awesome. This is the robot. Wearer of the watch is unresponsive and has taken a hard fall. His latitude is (laughs) 4.4. I definitely need one of those watches. You would never wear one of those, though, because it doesn't fit the Yellowstone time frame of your the rest of your apparel. Uh, I yeah, So Katie wears an Apple Watch, and I did go straight old man. She gave me her old Apple Watch, and it was about, I don't know, I don't even think I made it a full day. And I said, I don't want this dadgum watch. All these yeah. texts coming in and things. I can't even see right. and read the print. Yeah, so I... Uh, I quickly gave her the watch back and said, sell this on Marketplace or something. Give me a Casio. Yeah, that's a, I wear a uh, G-Shock. I wear me a Casio G-Shock watch. That's what I wear. Did you have one of those with the calculator on it back in the day? Oh, sure. I think we all did. <laughs> I don't know that we all did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I did. That, you well, you I know did. how tiny those <laughs> buttons were with your... your... <laughs> I was a small guy back to... then. It was a, a full size calculator for me. My fat fingers can't pick uh, up. You can't eat skinny, skinny fries, fries, much less use that. Calculator. I can't do math on a watch calculator. Are you kidding me? I'm like smashing all the buttons at the same time. <laughs> all oh, the cool kids had a calculator. I need a watch, watch with hands on. on it. I want a little hand and a big hand, and I need a second hand, too, that's going all the time. I don't want no digital readouts from my clock. Somebody go milk the cows and bring the bring the horses round. <laughs> the wearer of this watch has fallen out of his chair again. Please send ambulance. Oh, that's funny. 8.33 in the morning. Porter Moser's postgame thoughts after a tough loss last night. Great game in the Lloyd Noble Center. We'll hear what the head coach had to say next. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. Hard-fought game, Coach. I thought your team really fought hard for you tonight. What are your thoughts on this one? You know, disappointed for those guys. I did think they they played really hard. We did a lot of good things. Um, you know, um, you get, I thought it, it was really tough talking to them because they they bounced back from a tough overtime loss in Fort Worth, and they the last forty eight hours they've been you know trying to get back. They were exhausted, obviously. You know, being in an overtime game, and uh, they did everything we asked trying to get ready for this game. And I thought the crowd was awesome, and um, we fell one possession short. I got to you got to give them credit though. Obaji hit two. Big time threes, and then Brown hit one just almost out of bounds from, and just, I mean, three big time threes under under 240 to, to win it. And you got to give them credit. Those great plays, they made those great plays, and we still were right there <clears throat> to do it. But, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, 
that was disappointing because you, you want to find ways to win that game. Talk to me about early second half. It's a two-point game at half. They put a big run on you out of the locker room to make it 12, and then, boom, you guys answered right back yeah. to make it the battle that it was late. No, we did. We called timeout, and uh, we just didn't come out. Like, we had, Jalen had that we had that turnover, and then we kind of, the, for the first time, we let our offense dictate our defense two or three possessions in a row. Called timeout, settled down, got after him a little bit, and then uh, – um, and then we battled back. I thought we had a lot of good – I thought our bench gave us a good look. It really hurt us. Uh, C.J. Nolan is in concussion protocol. So that, that's why you notice he wasn't out here. I thought C.J. in the first half was, I mean, really giving us a good look. He had eight points in the first half um, in seven minutes, two for two from three, um, had a steal, uh, just really had a block. I thought C.J. was – and uh, he, he got in, had to go into a concussion program. I thought AK, Maywan, I thought he did some nice things yeah. in the absence of Ethan Shagwar. I thought Bijan did a couple nice things, Jacob Gross. So I thought our bench gave us some things. Um, we had some opportunities with some shots. We shot four, you know, for 17 from three again. We're struggling shooting it. Um, I thought we had a handful of open threes. We had one right here in front of me, and then we had two or three pick-and-pop ones at the top. And uh, so we had some opportunities with make some shots. Um, the thing that I liked, though, is the fight with the guys. They fought. They believed. Um, they stayed together. Um, we didn't. We, I, you know, I thought we had some turnovers early in the game, yeah. and, and and then early in the second half. But I think overall, then we settled down. Um, Three the whole second half, and a couple of those right in the first right. one yeah. two possessions. So we took care of the ball. Um, so uh, <clears throat> you know, you know, we want to find ways to win that. I think they battled back coming from Fort Worth. Uh, it was, obviously, it's a top seven team in the country, Kansas, and they're older veteran. Obachi Brown. They've played in a million games. You got older guys, McCormick, um, and you know Obaji and Braun. You got to tip their hat. They hit three high-level threes under 246. You've mentioned a couple of times uh, recently in different settings about Jordan Goldwire being a little more aggressive for you with his offense. I thought tonight might have been his best game all season for you. Yeah, in all facets, he was. He looked like he was in control out there all night. You know, that's that's the word right there. He was in control. I thought he looked like he did against Arkansas. Yeah, he was in control. He passed it when he passed it. He got to the rim when he got to the rim. He wasn't predetermining things, um, and I thought we were keeping him fresh. You know, is is I was trying to sub him a minute here, a minute there, and keep him fresh. Um, and uh, but you know. Literally, that was probably his best game. Fifteen points, four four assists, one turnover, three steals, and like I, like you said, it was in control. Um, you know, you know, take C.J. Nolan out. We were two for fifteen. The rest of the team from three. You know, and it just it's the shooting was. We had back to back games, one possession, and we're shooting it horrible. We're finding a way to do some things defensively. You know, I thought going into that, you know, obviously both teams were following there, but I thought, you know, I was looking at it one time. It was late in the second half, and they were still at like at forty eight. You know this Kansas team, so yeah. I thought we were doing some good things defending. Um, but uh, Obaji, I mean, he really he took he, cur- he turned the corner and made that one shot, and he hit the three uh, in the corner, and then he popped on that. You know they do a lob play, and it's, you know great players read it. They do a lob play off that high post, off that inbound, and Tanner was protecting, and EJ the time before he trailed him, he did, it was did it right, and all of a sudden he just jumped under. He was worried to get the lob, and Obaji popped out. It was just uh, it was a great read on him. Um, but he still had to hit the top. EJ tried to recover, and he flew at him. But um, you got to give you got to give him credit. You lose by one Saturday, three tonight. What do you say to a team to keep the morale up? Because I mean, here comes Baylor. You got Auburn. I mean, they just keep coming. No, you know, with that team, I go, I go. It sucks losing. 
I go, that's why you got to keep this in your belly when you lift, when you train, when you watch film. You never forget how you feel right now. I said, but we're going to win a lot of games. We're going to win. You fought. You played. You know, you, you stayed together. We, we did some things we wanted to do. We wanted to have a lower turnovers than we did in Fort Worth. Um, and I thought they, they fought and they battled and they, they did. They executed a lot of things that we tried to do. Um, and we came up one possession short. So you got to say to them, you first say that, you know, we're, we're, understand, man, we want, this is where we're the program. We're, we're, we want to win this. we got to find ways to win. But we're going to win a lot of games. The way they battled, the way they, they, they stuck in. You know, they got to have that in their belly. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate right, you stopping by. Hey, and, and I can't say, for people driving home, man, thank you. That, that fans were awesome, and it was so loud in there. That's why you got to give me more credit. It was so loud when those kids hit that shot, you know, and, and uh, I thought the fans were awesome and the students and the people, so thank you very much. A um, couple of things. That's uh, Coach Moser after the game last night. He mentioned three-point shooting. They were 4 of 17 last night. There are some consistencies in this three-game stretch or some similarities. Uh, all three games, Tanner Groves has been in single-figure scoring. I didn't think about this till a few minutes ago, TJ, but do you remember last year when Brady got COVID? Brady yes. Manick? Yeah. And, and then he came back, back, and for like two well. weeks, yeah. he was Garbage. Off. Just bad, yes. I have no idea if Tanner's struggles are related to getting sick. He did get sick and didn't just, you know, it wasn't a contact trace. He got sick. So I don't know if the if the two are related or not, but maybe. But the three-point shooting has been down in all three of those losses as well. Four for 17 last night. They're shooting 19% behind the arc in this three-game losing streak. So got to get some shots to fall. Yeah, that, that's, that's first and foremost. That's got to improve. And a major storyline going into Saturday will be who's going to play. Uh, we mentioned a couple of OU guys uh, out last night. Ethan Shagwa did not play for the second straight game. And C.J. Nolan did not play in the second half. You heard Coach Moser say there he took a hit to the head and was in concussion protocol. So that'll be a storyline. Will the Sooners have Shagwa or Nolan or both or neither? Same for Baylor. Baylor last night without... Their leading scorer, James Akinjo, at West Virginia. Akinjo played limited minutes the game before against Oklahoma State. He took a hard fall in the loss to Texas Tech a week ago. I think it's his back. It's his back or his neck or something. Played a little bit, or played, played about 20 minutes against OSU, which for him, he's normally out there almost the whole time and then did not play at all at West Virginia. They also did not have Jeremy Sohan, their freshman forward, for the second straight game. He's got an ankle injury. So you got a couple of guys on Baylor's side, one of them their leading scorer, and a couple of guys on OU's side who will be unknown, questionable at least, going into Saturday's game. Um it was a good game down in Waco. Baylor led it the whole way. OU got within five there with about a minute to go. So I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, uh, the rematch here in Norman. Again, top five team. Back-to-back Saturdays you're going to play top five teams. Baylor this week at Auburn 
next Saturday afternoon with a little road trip to West Virginia mixed in the middle. Wow. All right, 846. Speaking of Morgantown, Chris Plank is there. I think he'll join us next, right? TJ, he's doing a show today, right? Yes, I've heard from him. He will be joining us. We will head to uh, Mountain Mama Land when we come back. It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. (coughs) Sorry about that. Welcome back. Final segment. It's the crossover brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA. Hey, they're hiring now, right now, at the Cleveland County Family YMCA. Contact contact them if you are interested in a uh, gig. You'll see TJ out there quite a bit. Right, TJ? You're still going out there to get your workout in, aren't you? Not as often as I probably should be, but they'll see me. They'll see me. We go live now to Morgantown to the banks of the Monongahela River where we are joined by Chris Plank. He will be on your microphone tonight, OU West Virginia Women's Basketball. Good morning, Plank. We are at the Riverfront Hotel this time, too, T-Row. Oh, I love that hotel. Great hotel. Best. It's the best. It's got the view of the Monongahela River. Monongahela. Thank you. And it's, listen, now the other, this is very much in the weeds, right? This hotel is amazing. Like, you could stand here and look out your window all day. But there isn't, like, a Buffalo Wild Wings right next door. No, so that's, that's the only difference from where we can stay sometimes in this one. But, no, you're right. It's awesome. It's beautiful. I will say this. A quarter-mile walk. I don't know. It's cold there, right? Really cold Very there? Very cold. Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. You're a quarter-mile so walk to a little eating area yeah, with that pizza yeah. place with the brick oven and everything. But it's too cold for that. So Yeah, it is. Um, I'm looking out the window right now on the snow-capped hills. Um, it was, we last night, I don't, I don't think coach or, uh, coach Gage would mind me saying we were slated to fly into, what is it like Harrisburg where we usually fly into here in West Virginia. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, something like that. that's not it, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it's somewhere close and you, you fly in there and it's a short little drive to Morgantown. Well, they had problems trying to clear ice off the runway. Oh, so we ended up gosh. flying into Pittsburgh. And just flew in there and took the one-hour bus trip here to Morgantown. So a little bit of a different travel plan, but gave me a chance to click on the Varsity app and listen to you and Kevin a little bit more. It was, you know, we came here and had a team dinner and phones were out watching the game and then um, able to kind of follow the, the drama course. Porter's daughter is on the team, so there was a little bit more intrigue than maybe you typically have. So it was fun. It was uh Great call from you and Kevin. Like I said, when I go on the road, I love it because I can sync up, or at least try to sync up between you and the and the TV. And it was just it was fun to follow along last night. Exciting game, yeah. That was uh, great. Game. Uh, unfortunately, Christian Brown daggered us last night. Clarksburg is the name of that town, by the way. Thank you. Which is okay. um, I'm always fascinated. Right. You know, we've had some interesting situations in Clarksburg through the years. And uh, uh, I'm sorry you had to go to Pittsburgh. It's it's a lo- lengthy bus ride from Pittsburgh down, like an hour and 15 minutes. Wasn't that so. where you guys basically got stuck here for a while and, like, Barry Trammell hitched a ride home with you? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, kind of. We, we couldn't land in Clarksburg because we did a touch-and-go there. They tried to land and miss the runway or or didn't miss the runway, but they, the wheels touched down too far into the runway. They were going to run off the end of it, so they had to oh, no. lift back up again. So we – 
We came down, we wheels touched down, and then they punched the gas and went back up again. And then we ended up uh, giving up on that and landing in uh, New Jersey. Spent the night in New Jersey, picked up Trammell on the way home. He came with the team, that's right. Uh, But it's also rumored to be where the new underground government bunker is. Under the Clarksburg Airport. Yeah, yeah. That's the rumor anyway. Uh, They say that you can often see Air Force One doing practice landings there really uh, anyway i have no i have no idea but that's the scuttlebutt and underneath that airport is where the new secret uh, maybe i shouldn't be letting out the secret but it's uh could be you're supposed to be uh uh, revealing this information do you know how many russians we have that listen to this show look one polish one guy in poland right now i know so (laughs) anyway uh what do we need to know about the game tonight chris uh, West Virginia's kind of struggled a little bit this year. Sooners have won four of their last five against the Mountaineers, and they played a great game here last season. This is always, Tiro, as you know, a fun environment. Baylor was in here last night, and we were kind of going through, driving through that Baylor State. Well, well, I mean, they never came back to this hotel, but Baylor was staying at the same hotel we were. So there was a lot of West Virginia fans that were here, and they were pretty juiced about hosting, um, well, I guess, heading into this week and what was the number one team. So there's a lot of energy uh, even though they got smoked last night. And uh, Oklahoma looks like they're going to be without Kelby Washington again. Uh, so it'll be a big night potentially for Nevaeh Tut. And I don't know how available their big Nadia Lampkin is going to be tonight. She's here on the trip with us. So uh, that's always kind of a reassuring sign. But, yeah, this is, you know, the Sooners are riding high right now. You know, they're they're really playing good basketball. They smoked TCU this past weekend at home. But this is um, – this is kind of a tricky two-game stretch, right? This is never an easy trip. Um, there are always tight games. West Virginia has a couple of ballers, and then you got to turn around. You got to go to Manhattan this weekend, which Kansas State's legit. So, a really tough two-game stretch for Jenny Bronchek's crew. Uh, I guess the hope more than anything else, and I know we'll talk about it a lot coming up on the show. But the hope is, you know, you focus on this game and, and then you know worry about Kansas State this weekend because that's going to be that's going to be a tough one. Sunday in Manhattan against the Wildcats. But take care of business tonight and keep that momentum going into Sunday. 6 o'clock Central time tonight for that women's game. Correct. 5.30 pregame with Chris Plank on Sooner Radio. Chris, have a good call. Have a good show. T-Row, talk to you tomorrow, bud. Thank you to you fine folks for listening today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.